Hey everyone, welcome to Past Lives and the Divine. I'm Gina, the host of this podcast, and today I have Meredith from Earthling Astrology and Ashley from the Yoga Magic Podcast, and we are talking about the ages, the astrological ages. Meredith is leading the way, and we start off in the age of Leo, the alleged fall of Atlantis, and then we quickly just go through the ages of Leo, Cancer, Gemini, Taurus, and Aries. We get a little biblical in there, and we spend most of our time talking about the age of Pisces and the transition to the age of Aquarius. As usual with a lot of these astrology topics, we could talk on and on and on about it. But this is just kind of a high level um, astrology ages 101 from Meredith. Before we get into that, just to know, as always, go say hi to Meredith and Ashley. Check out what they offer. Visit them on Instagram. And you can find all their links in the show notes. And just your regular gentle reminder, if you appreciated this episode, I would really appreciate it if you left five stars, left a review on Apple Podcasts, or forward this episode to a friend. Maybe it's someone who you're kind of like wondering if you could have these conversations with. Maybe you two could talk about this episode. So just your gentle reminder and a big thank you. Okay, are you ready? Gather around the fire for our conversation about the astrological ages. I don't know much besides people always talk about how it's about to be the age of Aquarius and how that sounds like a better place. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley said said she was a skeptic, which makes me even more interested to have this Just a little bit, baby skeptic. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take what I can get. Uh, Yeah, so Meredith, kick us off. So in this episode, we're going to be diving into the astrological ages. Um, And this is a theory based on the precession of the equinoxes. So the earth is kind of thought of spinning like a top in outer space. We have a wobble uh, to how the earth moves. And right now our North Pole is pointing towards the star Polaris, but that is not true throughout the ages. So due to the wobble, Polaris has not always been our North Star. It kind of spins around. Um, And this is based on a 26,000 year cycle. So each age is about 2,100 years long. And the ancients somehow knew about this, um, which I think is fascinating. Ancient architecture um, and a lot of different cultures have different names. Like I was just saying before recording, I think it's the Yudras or Yugas (laughs) um, about different kind of ages that humanity cycles through. So I wanted to just kind of start defining this again, each astrological age, they do go backwards. So we're thought of leaving the age of Pisces right now, going into the age of Aquarius, which is actually, you know, backwards motion. And um, we wobble at a rate of one degree per 72 years. So if you times 72 years by 30 degrees of a zodiac sign, we get that number 2,160 years. So the age of Pisces was thought to start about 2000 years ago when Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, all the religions kind of popped up, even Christianity represented by the fishies, which is the glyph of Pisces. So any questions about what the age is? I'm not going to spend too much time on that because I don't want to screw up the science of it. Um, But that is basically we're going to talk about today, the ages in 2000 year chunks of time on this planet. 
Uh, you want to know something completely unrelated to the ages of astrology, but I think it's really interesting, is there's one theory that Jesus had the fish as like his logo. I don't know. What's that <laughs> thing? His then? brand back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> his logo. But supposedly, if you, I don't even remember what book this was. I've read so many books on Jesus, like history and stuff, but um, it was the the idea that some people have is that Mary Magdalene came from a wealthy family in a fishing village. And so essentially, I mean, these weren't the words, but like she like floated his boat financially and that's where the fish came was like her dad did like fish work at this harbor bay oh, or whatever. Oh, the plot thickens. I mean, I grew up <laughs> Catholic, so Mary Magdalene was a hooker, um, Babe. you know, and you know. Um, so naturally I'm leaning in. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> we might get a little biblical or religious talk today. Um, so that's interesting. I, did you pull that from like a Dolores Cannon book, or is this from hypnosis sessions? There's so many different mm. theories of Jesus, and and what I'm sitting on now is like, what if there are multiple universes and multiple realities where this different version of Jesus might have existed in each one? That just kind of melts my brain. But yeah, where did you get that uh, info? I've never heard that. I don't remember the book, but what I will okay. tell you is when I'm reading or learning about Jesus, it's through channeled work or like historians digging mm -hmm. in, um, like, you know, analyzing tombs and stuff like that. And I think it, it was like a historian side of that, but I don't remember. I, Mary, was it maybe Mary Magdalene there. revealed I, that? Oh man, that some of that Did work I give just you that? study. Mm, you've mentioned no. it before. I've heard it from okay. a couple of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's on so my list. I've heard of the Mary Magdalene Chronicles or something like that, that I want to dive into. And that I've done that both the, the channel and the historical Jesus, but Jesus, story is a lot like Horus and other gods of our history were born of a virgin born around Christmas. Like the story has seemed to be recycled. So I went through years. I'm like, I mean, I still don't know. Did Jesus exist? I mean, so many people on the planet have a connection to this spiritual being. So who knows, but the channel work is fascinating. If I was told as a child, as a five-year-old, when I started to push back against my religious upbringing, that Jesus was an avatar, avatar from the ninth dimension, I'd be like, oh, okay, I <laughs> I'm on board. Let's talk about that. But yeah, the way I was taught about him did not resonate. And as an adult, I've like branched out and not stopped studying about his work in life and message and all that kind of stuff. But just again, gotten out of the, 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 I don't know, the, the box of religion that never suited me. Yeah. Uh, Meredith, I didn't know that. I feel the same way. Like as a kid in Catholicism, I was just like, none of this jives. I've worked <laughs> a lot on my triggers. So hopefully I don't get triggered <laughs> during this conversation today. But okay. Any other, that's kind of related, I think, to the age of Pisces, any other random tangents before we, um, we're going to start today at the beginning of the age of Leo. Let's do it. Okay. So I would like to add a disclaimer to basically the rest of this episode that what I will be talking about is information. I don't know if this is truth. Um, you know, I'm taking what I've learned from my own research, from Dolores Cannon books, from different past life hypnosis my clients have talked about. And Gina, maybe you can dive in with some of your, you know, information you've gotten. So anyone listening, do not take this as truth resonate it through, or make sure it resonates with you, run it through your own intuitive filter and just, uh, yeah, act like it's a, it's a story and the stories we're all curious about, or a lot of us are curious about, but I don't know if this is actual historical fact. Okay. So just want to like throw that out there. And I'm going to start with the age of Leo, which is thought to have, uh, started with a collapse of 
Atlantis. So most of us have heard stories of Atlantis, this ancient earth civilization that hit its peak at the end of the age of Virgo, which is precision technology, a feat of engineering. Um, you know, I read about Atlantis being crystal cities. They had technology we can't even dream of. And I've heard different stories of what went wrong. Either they blew up their civilization with crystal misuse, like they were using crystals to power everything and they sunk themselves to the bottom of the ocean. And theoretically, maybe there's a crystal still sitting on earth that used to power Atlantis. I've also heard stories of the doctors and the sages of the time were messing too much with genetics, kind of playing God. I've heard different reasons why Atlantis has sunk or disappeared. Have you guys heard anything or read anything about what happened? I mean, I've heard again, a bunch of different stories. I want to do so much reading now. I'm like, obsessed. like, can we just like, go? <laughs> no, I haven't heard much about this. Okay. I haven't either in, in the, in terms of past life regressions and stuff. I mean, I am not like a history person at all. So I'm not necessarily asking those questions, but Meredith, you and I have chatted a little bit about just like how I've had like a client who is like in a past life meditating in a crystal cave, you know, mm-hmm. and there, and I'm like, are you on earth? And it's like, yeah, I'm on earth. So like, just, and that's not the only one, just like odd things like that have made me gone. Like, I wonder, are we around Atlantis? Um, but I don't know a lot about it, but I did just watch, there's a Netflix show about like, uh, do you know what I'm talking about, Meredith? I mean, I know what Netflix is. <laughs> what show is it? Well, is it about Atlantis? I, I... <laughs> no, man, I, I'm drawing. I wish I would have. I'll probably cut this out. I was drawing a blank on the name, but it's about like the idea of like this massive flood and how they think a lot of that's like what enveloped a lot of these like ancient civilizations was this massive flood. Exactly. So the big flood, I mean, the Bible talks about the big flood, Native American culture has the big flood. A lot of cultures on earth have mythology or lore around the flood, which again, with this big cosmic drama, bringing in the age of Leo, the sign of drama, um, sunk Atlantis to the ground. So in the age of Leo, um, it was thought that kind of like the leaders Uh, the the survivors of Atlantis kind of spread around the planet, maybe some went to Egypt and they started worshiping the sun. So sun gods came up and Leo is the sign ruled by the sun. And there maybe wasn't a lot of sunshine back then because it was an ice age. What we thought is an ice age. And I think actually carbon dating will confirm that around 12, 13,000 years ago, the earth did go through an ice age. So there's the science behind that. Um, And maybe Kings and Queens and Leo kind of keywords popped up as well. Um, and that was the first 2000 years after the age, um, of Virgo ended with again, the theoretical destruction or fall of Atlantis and possibly another civilization called Lemuria or Mu is another one I hear a lot about MU. Um, again, and I love Gina that you've had a few clients pull in. I'm meditating in a cave of crystals. And that's what Dolores Cannon talks about kind of crystal technology, crystal energy, Um, that was related to Atlantis. So that was the age of Leo, which is now the halfway point. We're halfway there. So that's 13,000 years ago. The age of Leo was thought to begin and the age of Aquarius, Aquarius is the opposite sign of Leo. So we're at a, we're at a tipping point again, all theoretical kind of stuff, but does that make sense? Even the math? Yes. To me. Yeah. And I'll say, uh, I looked it up. The show is called ancient apocalypse on Netflix. Really oh, good if you haven't watched yeah. It. Is that, is it Terrence McKenna or, or somebody, or I forget who the, anyway, 
Yeah. Graham Hancock. A lot of controversy about that show. So of course I've watched, yes. I, I have watched a few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Someone tells me not to watch something. I'll, I'm going to go watch it. Um, okay. So after the age of Leo, again, we're going backwards to the ages, the age of cancer um, clicked into place about 2000 years after the age of, or sorry, the fall of Atlantis. And cancer is mother energy. And it's thought that the age of cancer was the last time women and the divine feminine was more in balance um, in the collective. So, you know, women were queens, women were revered, women were in charge, women were shamans. And this perhaps maybe is the repopulation of the earth during the age of cancer. I mean, mother energy, more children mm -hmm. being brought in, also related to agriculture and, you know, different ways of growing food animal domestication. Um, that's all kind of cancer stuff, home and family, like putting down roots. So after the age of Leo, people scattered all over the, around the planet, theoretically. And then the age of cancer, people started to put down roots. And maybe this is when kind of countries started to form. I'm, I'm not sure, just kind of throwing out ideas. Any comments on the age of cancer? What else that could mean to you guys? And feel free to share like questions, like maybe this is when this happened in our uh, history that we don't know much about. Yeah, well, I will say that show Ancient Apocalypse just kind of blew open my eyes about like, like free, you know, whatever 2000, 2000 years ago was. Mm. Uh, so even just the idea of just what you said about how um, the age of cancer and just, you know, not necessarily even like matriarchy, but like the more balance of like the feminine mm. energy and like bigger families, more kids, stuff like, like putting down roots. That's yeah. all very interesting. I feel like hearing you say this, I'm just getting more and more questions about like the age of Aquarius in my brain. Good. <laughs> we'll get there. And oh, going back to like ancient apocalypse, uh, I haven't watched all those episodes, but Barbara Han Clow, I just finished her book. It used to be called Catastrophobia. And I forget what she, I think she renamed it Awakening of the Planetary Mind. She talks about most of us on the planet have in our DNA remnants and memories of these apocalypses. So, I mean, I am a Capricorn. I've had doom and gloom thinking my whole life. I'm like, what? End times, you know, all that kind of stuff. So she talks <laughs> about all of us having past lives and being reincarnated on this planet, actually having memory in our DNA of these apocalypses. And her theory is like, we are supposed to clear that now. We're done with that as humans. We're not going to have to go through all these like tumultuous times again. And I'll get more to that to the age of Aquarius as you know, we, we start talking, but I just want to throw that out there before I forget. Does that make, does that, that resonate was, with you guys? Like, I have I'm glad you say that because I think what, why, and perhaps why I don't do a ton of research in this area is because it scares me. It scares um, me to think about future generations, like of my, my, family and my kids and like the fact that like we're just headed into this doom and gloom space and mm -hmm. so I don't know if anyone else resonates with that but that's sometimes it just gets to be overwhelming <laughs> I've been there that was my oh. journey the last couple of years so I will share maybe some tidbits from my own personal life on how I overcame that um okay. and reading Barbara's book did did help I was like I just needed someone to tell me like now it's in the past like go of the past you know we're not gonna have this yeah. giant flood or asteroid hit the earth um, and that's for me, a better way to live, <laughs> not waiting. Can you for, say the name of that book again? Uh, awakening of the planetary mind, which I believe used to be titled catastrophobia. Okay. So a lot and of us I have think... catastrophobia in our DNA phobias to... of catastrophes and apocalypses. To yeah. your point about like this, like the floods and like the thing, you know, in the Bible and all those things is I felt like so much of it from my perspective was we were being punished. And like, you know, we, this apocalyptic 
outcome was as of something that we did, even in Atlantis, right? Like they somehow messed it up and like kind of feel like we might be on that track with the earth yeah. at the moment. We're and cruising like, for a bruising. However, I know you're going to talk about this, Meredith, but like Aquarius does give me a lot of hope. So, okay. I'll let you go. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's interesting that you say that because watching that ancient apocalypse show, um, <clears throat> there was one, I don't remember now the name of the site, but I think it was in Turkey, but it was like underground caverns that people lived in, or they thought people lived in during this time. And I tell you what, like the, this, visceral reaction I had as a kid to the show Fraggle Rock was like I love that so... show I have it on DVD Me oh too. you do yes and it oh was, my god it's like almost right now the only thing I can remember is like their life underground and while I personally as Gina here hate caves and like have no desire to go in them when I saw those caves, I think they were in Turkey. I don't remember the name, but they're in Turkey. Um, they just found some in Scotland. They're everywhere, all over the planet. I I was like, fuck, I feel like I've lived in those before. And even I, I one of those, that episode, I was watching it. Sarah Leverett at that time was at my house just for a few days. And I was like, do you have an emotion about these underground caves like I am? You know, and it was just kind of like, like, clearly this means something to me. So when you say that, like, we carry these memories of these disasters and life during and after the disasters, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. Right, I identify and there's with that. plenty of physical evidence that humans did go underground for a while, especially those caves in Turkey. I think they can fit like 20,000 people. insane yeah yeah and I just saw I got wind of some just discovered in Scotland so there's so much about our earth and our history that we have no idea so I I like that you said visceral reaction I had that to Fraggle Rock myself um and also like Star Wars I've always felt like oh I've lived in spaceships before like I just has always had that kind of feeling too so anyway tangent yeah Um, yeah yeah (laughs) Well, uh, keep going quickly. Next, after the age of cancer was the age of Gemini, um, the sign of communication. So this is when people started to scatter around because Gemini is one of the signs linked to travel. And it's also storytelling, um, music, language, perhaps maybe the written word um, showed up around the age of Gemini. So that was 2000 years after the earth has been repopulated perhaps. And everybody scattered around and kind of told their story. Uh, maybe what's the story in the Bible about all the languages changing the tower of Babel or something. And all the languages were scattered all over the planet. Um, if anyone remembers that from their Catholic upbringing, like I do, it's, it's something happened with the tower. That's all I remember. <laughs> um, after the age of Gemini, we had the age of Taurus, show us the money. I think money was um, maybe brought up um, as an exchange during the age of Taurus. This is linked to the golden calf story in the Bible, worshiping false idols, and also thought the age of Taurus is thought to have brought in the or- some of the bases of the organized religions, or even, you know, those false idol kind of like worship me, pay me taxes, all that kind of stuff, the age of Taurus. Um, wealth, started to be worshiped during the age of Taurus. So instead of, you know, maybe integrity, integrity or uh, shamanism or something, it was more like, how much money do you have? Then you're more worthy. And Taurus is also also linked to food production and how that might've changed. Um, any questions about that? Any comments about age of Taurus or anything come to your minds? So t- age of Taurus would have been like, um, um, the year 4,000 BC to 2000 BC, approximately. Okay. 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 And then after the age of Taurus, we go backward to the age of Aries, the age of warfare. 
when we started to kill each other and maybe fight about money and wealth and religion. Um, this is also thought, it's thought when like hero mythology came to the collective consciousness. So Odysseus, um, Jason, Greek mythology, how many heroes do you know? Um, that kind of storytelling. Also linked to Abraham's ram in the Bible, since the ram represents Aries. And I said the golden calf, which is, you know, the bull for Taurus. Yeah. So again, depending on your belief system, these snippets of the astrological ages did make it into the most famous book of all time. Um, also Aries, <laughs> when the patriarchy took control, masculine energy, um, you know, toxic masculinity kind of took control, uh, during the age of Aries. And I don't know much about warfare from 2000 BC until when Jesus came in, but I'm sure there's plenty of it. All right. So that brings us to the beginning of the age of Pisces, which again, we'll start at maybe year zero. Um, any questions about the ages or the timeline to get us to the age of Pisces? No. Do you have any like specific books or like readings that if people are like, can I learn more about the ages that you could direct them? Mainly me. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, in all honesty, I've never read a book just about the ages. So okay. if anyone listening has a good one, email all three of us, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That would be great reading. I get little snippets from Dolores Cannon's work. Um, and you know, I'm always reading channeled and weird metaphysical stories, but I've never legit had a book cover to cover about the ages. I have not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Asia Pisces again, Jesus came in Buddha. There's so many religions, um, or at least spiritual ways of life that have maybe been lost. The age of Pisces brought in a watery age. So themes of compassion, caregiving, empathy, kind of dissolving and washing away some of that Aries warfare ages. Not that there hasn't been wars in the last 2000 years. Of course, that's going to spill over, um, you know, brought in the age of prophecy, um, you know, visions, the Hopi prophecy comes to mind in American prophecy where people really relied on a higher power, something other than earthly energy. Uh, shamanism, I think, made a research in the last couple of 2000 years. Um, yeah. What else can I say? It, it, it also is the last 2000 years, Pisces is, um, linked to kind of, we're all individual drops in a big cosmic ocean. So a lot of spiritual teachings do teach that we're all individuals in this big cosmic oneness, but also with ocean energy, we used to be connected through the oceans and oceanic travel that was connecting the world in the last 2000 years. And now it's the internet. So over the last 2000 years, we are now more connected as a globe than theoretically ever before. So that is one thing at the end of this age, we can pick up the phone or the internet or a zoom call. I mean, I talk to countries and people all over the world, like I'm in the same room as them. So all connected on, you know, a physical and now, you know, spiritual lifetime, mental, emotional, and spiritual way as well. So the age of Pisces brought us connection. Um, something we have not experienced yet, theoretically, as a global culture. So I have a question just about, you had said about 21, 2,100 years in each age, roughly. Mm -hmm. And my question, I guess, is, is like, what, is it something astrologically that brings it in? Like, are there planets in the sky that are like, mostly in the, like, what constitutes an age? 
Yeah, there is, besides the North Pole pointing at a different star, um, no, there's hot debate uh, on okay. the transition. So I will share some of the theories with you. And I'm, I'm of the belief that we are in between Pisces and Aquarius. We're not mm -hmm. quite there yet. So some people believe the quantum physics revolution in the 30s with Einstein, Heisenberg, all these physicists, like really opening up the box of our way of thinking about how our universe works. So it's thought maybe about a hundred years ago, Aquarius energy started to sneak in with technology because that's one of the key words for Aquarius is technology. Mm -hmm. um, other people believe it's the 60s, 70s, like hippie free love peace movement. Also yeah. the invention of the internet is thought to be, or now I'm hearing we've discovered the internet. We didn't invent it. So I don't know, which is true. Um, <laughs> that is now bringing in the age of Aquarius this technological revolution. And I just did a workshop on this a couple of days ago and I was asking the workshop. I was like, do you guys remember how we picked someone up at the airport before cell phones? Do you guys like even remember how we did things 20 years ago? Can you imagine a talking fridge 20 years ago or a little thing in your car telling you where to turn? I mean, when I got my driver's license, like go past three blue houses, take a left at the stop sign. <laughs> like that's how we did directions. And now how much do we rely on technology more than ever? So yeah. obviously something's coming in, something's shifting just with the technology itself alone. Uh, and I used to work in intellectual property. So patents, technology, and all that kind of stuff. And I saw it firsthand how fast it was moving and how fast things were being invented. Oh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I, I've heard before like people in the 1960s, like referring to that as like the age of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. And just in my own mind, I was like, wait, I thought we weren't maybe even technically in it, but like 50 years ago, they were talking about it. So that's why I was wondering like why there is such a, like, is there an overlap or I guess Do I believe disputed. the ages switch overnight? Maybe they did with like the fall of Atlantis, but no, it's a gradual. Mm -hmm. gradual switch. Um, and there was some cosmic events. So for example, December 21st, 2020, Jupiter and Saturn aligned at zero degrees Aquarius. Um, last Saturday, we had a new moon at one degree Aquarius. And on March 23rd, 2023, Pluto will move into Aquarius for the first time since 1777. So there is kind of like bump ups or juicing up of Aquarius energy in the sky. Um, but also I'm talking every day to people with Aquarius energy in their chart, like me and you, Gina, we've got, you know, past life symbolism with Aquarius. So I've formed a lot of my own opinions based on what my Aquarian clients tell me and what I personally feel as well. And I think we've got one foot in the age of Pisces and one foot in the age of Aquarius and the age of Pisces. And this is theoretical again, ask questions, challenge me, debate me was thought to brought in not a physical war, like the age of Aries, but a spiritual war. So when Jesus came in teaching unconditional love, I mean, I grew up angels and demons, God and the devil. Mm. I mean, this divide, the fishies swimming against each other. And now with my experience in the last couple of years on the planet, I'm like, I don't know if this is a left or right thing, or like, I honestly feel now this is like good versus evil. And it like, depends on who you ask these days on who is what character which is just kind of like, I did a presentation on this couple of months. I showed pictures of people like in politics and actors and even like Darth Vader. I was like, is he a good guy or a bad guy? <laughs> yes. you know, do we need the dark? <laughs> uh, and more and more TV shows, my husband and I talk about this, like 
you start out like you have a protagonist and an antagonist and we were kids growing up and now the movies are kind of blurring together mm-hmm. even like um loki and thor one of my favorite characters he's a good guy and a bad guy and we are all we all have that capacity for good and i think we all have the capacity for evil and yeah. if you're an old soul on this planet it's a hard pill to swallow but you've probably spent lifetimes playing for the dork um and that's something we all kind of have to face in ourselves so again it's thought the age of pisces will end with this spiritual war um which might you know it can go back to inside of us it doesn't have to be external yeah. it can be like the spiritual war inside of us so what do you guys think about that man that really lines up like that to me makes so much sense. Um, and even, yeah, growing up Catholic, I mean, just what you said, like everything was, you know, the good versus evil, you know, all angels and demons, all that stuff. Yeah, I was literally even, oh, go ahead, Ashley. Oh, sorry, I like a little delayed. <laughs> Sometimes it shows up where um, I was literally just talking to a medium about this. Cause I asked her, I, you, Gina, you and I have like talked about kind of this like fear of the devil. I think we're, that's something that was in, just instilled in us growing up. And I asked her, I'm like, so then like, what is the devil? Like, what does this mean in relation? We're talking, we were talking angels and, and she ultimately said, it's all the same. It is all the same. Like the angels and the demons, they're all the same. It's that idea that we're all, yes. And And I like, (laughs) doesn't Lucifer mean bringer of light? Um, I think think that's right. Yeah. I, you guys, I've had so many mind fucks about this, even like the last year of my life, like I've heard channelings on Lucifer and like the angel demons. And that's also theoretically, we're going to the fifth dimension, which is busting past the fourth dimension, which I used to think was time. And now I think it's our belief systems. So if we bust through, I believe this is good and this is evil, we get to the fifth, it's all how we work with it. It's all the same stuff. So what else did the medium yes. say? I'm so interested to see what other people have and pulled in about this good versus evil dual I mean, world that we're trying to it's, transcend. It's the ego, the ego at the end of the day. It's like, we, it's these choices that, and all like kind of what you were saying that we're going to have to make, we're going to have to be okay with the fact that we have been in the dark at some point we've been that version and we still there's times when we do that now um and so we didn't go into it too much because i think like we could literally talk about this forever but it's almost just like yeah this idea okay and moving into aquarius that we are very connected yet we're also very separate like when i think about aquarius and even just us right now look at us right now we're together but we're also very disconnected we're not in the same space we're right. separate it's like all of these <laughs> these things yeah. that we thought to be black and white they are no longer black and white yes i i feel that 100 and even just the work i do with entity removals and just like how these entities can come in and um and how it's almost like the nas- even the nastiest ones at the heart of it are like searching for something yeah. and that it's mm-hmm. all us. And, and it's, and we can see that on small levels, like in our daily life, you know, like people who did never did one thing and judged everybody who did it. And now they're doing it and pretending like they never did it, you know, just little things like that. We can even see on a tiny scale, this good and bad yeah, the um, micro unfold the in our lives. Absolutely. And it's like, well, how, I think a good way is like, how do you deal that within you? Like if you have changed, if you, you know, if you, whatever, you know, we become radical in our <laughs> behaviors and our thoughts and they change. 
Uh, and I think some people have a hard time rectifying that. It's almost like they don't even want to look at it. They don't even want to think about it. It's like, well, yeah. you can't do that in your own self. How are you going to do that on a grand scale? There's the fight mm-hmm. with the dark, the that. spiritual yes. warfare inside of you. I mean, how, okay, let me ask you guys the last year, the South known has been in Scorpio, you know, shadow work territory. We've talked about shadow work at length. And part of my shadow work is like going back in time and rewriting my history. Um, and Pisces negative words are like victimhood, martyr, like woe is me, blame. It's everybody else's fault. So I've gone back in my history and I'm like, mm, that was me. <laughs> like I was a part of that. You know, I thought I was all high and mighty or I didn't think I did anything wrong, but I didn't see it from the other person's perspective. So I was the quote unquote bad guy in some, you know, historical things in my life. So I've gone back and apologized to people and ex-boyfriends and things of that nature and really looked and I'm like, Ooh, like I got to look at myself, the parts I don't want to look at. Um, and make friends and forgive and have compassion for myself for doing the best that I could at those times in my life. But I was very kind of blinded or not really seeing the big picture, almost like asleep. That's one of the key words for age of Pisces. People asleep in this dream. Um, is this even Hmm. real now with the age of Aquarius? Are we living in a simulation? Is this a big computer matrix program? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. More and more people asking questions. So yeah, um, angels and demons, spiritual warfare, who's the good guy on the planet? Who's the bad guy? Um, again, show you pictures of presidents. People will argue till they're blue in the face about if it's a good guy or bad guy. We don't need to do that here, but you know what I'm talking about. Depends on who you ask. Um, and people's, you know, subjective opinion on good and bad. And I've been meditating a lot on the glyphs for Pisces versus Aquarius. So Pisces is the fish always, always, always swimming in opposite directions, always. And the Aquarius glyph is like an equal sign, but it's zigzaggy. So to your point, Ashley, like we are separate and I'm seeing more and more of this, like, even though, you know, we don't believe the same thing, we don't practice the same religion. Can we still love each other? Can we Mm -hmm. still get along maybe in different parts of the world? I don't know, but can there still be love there? equality without having to, you know, think or believe or even act the same way that's Mm -hmm. coming up more and more. Like I said, I see a lot of hope in that. I see a lot of healing when we have the ability to be our own individual selves, you know, and we're seeing this we're seeing this in, in the work that we're doing is that, I mean, literally people we would never have thought are like, Oh, can I know, can I actually do a reading for me? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> let's do it. Right. We're, we're yeah. growing and we're doing things differently and it feels, it feels good. I do think there's a lot of hope in the next 2000 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I agree with that. I feel that. Yep. And I believe the last couple of years really pushed us as a collective, um, moving us fast into the age of Aquarius. And I'll give an example that maybe a lot of people, especially that grew up in religion can relate to. So I was taught as a child, it's on our dollar bill in God, we trust. Um, that's it. Like end of the day, end of the sentence. And in the last couple of years, what has it been in science? We trust. So that has been on the TV, on social media, trust the science, blah, 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 blah. And the age of Aquarius is thought to be when we merge the worlds of science and spirituality. It's not just one or the other. How do these two zigzaggy equal lines get along? Because it's not all science. It's Mm -hmm. not. You can't say that. I mean, that's like when I saw that on the news and everything, I'm like, this is what my religious upbringing was. Like science is becoming this new cult or religion. Like I have my own opinions on that, but I was like, ugh. 
So now you can see that in the last couple of years in front of our faces, science being an Aquarius keyword and spirit and God being a Pisces keyword. So again, in our faces of this collective shift and uh, hopefully in the next couple of years, we'll, and I've seen this, you guys, I wish, and maybe Gina and Ashley, you guys feel the same. What I see in my practice, what I do day in and day out, I wish I could put that on CNN. Oh my God. I wish I could put these stories, how much people are healing, how much good is in the world, how much caring is in the world on CNN and just blast it in people's faces. Because I will tell you with the last couple of years, how hard it's been, there's been magic. <laughs> there's been diamonds in the rough. There has been really amazing things happening. There is like kind of a light grid in my mind popping up all over the planet. Um, so I actually have been through that fear route. I have been, this is the end times. This is it. And I had to pull myself out of that. And now I'm nothing but excited for the future. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, Aquarius age of Aquarius nickname, the age of enlightenment. So even us old souls that have played for the light and dark, it's thought we've come back to choose the light this time. Um, not that the dark isn't there. Like I call one of my dark things, my voice the voice that tells me horrible things are going to happen to people I love or to me, or my house is going to burn down. Uh, and the voice isn't gone. It's still there. I just don't listen to it. It doesn't feed off my energy. My heart rate doesn't increase. I don't have anxiety anymore. Um, but not that that dark voice isn't there. I'm like, high five. What's up, dude. <laughs> You're not going to get yeah. me today. Can you guys relate <laughs> yeah. to that? Like uh, just oh, yeah. anxiety. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And I would say like, that has shifted even in the last year has shifted so much. Like Good. I think of how much of that shifting I thought I did in my thirties and it's just like age 40, 41, 42. It's like my insides at this point are totally different from three years ago. Same. Uh, yeah. It's pretty interesting. And when you think of that, like even I, I have been changing my language from like just in my practice with clients, with the members and kinship, the groups that I work with, it's like, instead of thinking of it as like this light and dark, I feel like even calling it dark, calling it shadow work is promoting these ideas that it's scary. It's hard. It's going to be brutal. Mm -hmm. And to switch that language, I'm trying to switch it to like, at least how I see it in my practice is like whole versus fractured. Like that's all we're doing is like, even, you know, when we're healing, we're not getting something else we're doing something to uh, something that we already are, you know, mm. I'm not healing to become someone else. I'm healing to figure out who the fuck I am and like <laughs> make this less painful being here. Um, and, and in that, I think is like, that's what I'm hearing. It's like, even that in me is a shift to like the more Aquarian of like, not necessarily being like, this is good evil. And instead kind of blending it all together and, mm. and looking at it more so when we call it shadow work, I think people can get scared. They avoid it. They don't know what it is. They think it's the devil even. Um, and I just, I think that that's promoting things that we're actually, if we go into it, we can see like, it's not that a kinship member um, said, like, I see now that shadow work is like where so much potential is like, that's mm -hmm. where I can relieve so much of like this burden that's on me the triggers that I feel like I'm having a hard time controlling my conscious mind, like the fears, all of that stuff. Um, yeah. So even that, like, as I hear you talk about the difference between Pisces and Aquarius, like even just how I'm thinking about that in my own brain is shifting to less like this or this and more so like, Hmm, what is this? What do we want? Let's move it. 
you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Pisces being this super sensitive, emotional sign. Um, and we're seeing more sensitivities come up in the collective kind of like, oh, it's your fault. I feel this way, or you made me feel this. And Aquarius is more emotionally contained. And the age of Aquarius is about taking responsibility for your own emotions and your Thank own God. emotional reactions. <laughs> Not that another person does like they can trigger their energy can get under your skin, but you're like, wait, this emotion that's generated inside of you, you are responsible mm -hmm. for, you know, containing that moving through it instead of throwing it on someone else, like it's your fault. I feel mad yes. or it's your fault. And this is, if you would have told me, if I would have said that five years, if I would have heard what just came out of my mouth five years ago from someone, I would have got up and left the room. <laughs> Probably I wouldn't have been able to hear it. If that makes sense. Like, wait, no. Cause I blame my parents. I blame boyfriends. I blame everybody else for so many things in my life. And that was when I was stuck in this victim, perpetual victimhood and getting out of victim consciousness is a hero's journey. Um, yeah, it is. And not that I don't have relapses myself. I do. <laughs> um, I mean, I canceled a podcast like what, two weeks ago. Thank you guys, by the way, for rescheduling. So oh really God, rough yeah. day. I was having a rough day and I'm like, <laughs> I need to just kind of like get through this and make sure my vibe is okay. And I don't get sucked into that. Woe is me. This sucks. Thanks Mars retrograde. <laughs> um, to kind of like yeah. bring conscious awareness to what I was experiencing and feeling that day. So any thoughts on that emotional, responsibility or emotional containment, not suppressing emotions. Hell no, 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 no. Uh, it's almost like looking at your emotions as teachers. Um, yes. What are they yeah. trying to teach? What are they trying to show you? And not all emotions are pleasant. That's one thing we all have trouble with. Um, just wanting to yeah. feel good all the time. I don't know if I feel happiness like, is possible, like hundred yeah. percent of the time. I, I completely agree. And just that, that victim mentality, I think a big part of it is like, of course, you can be being victimized 100% mm -hmm. by the people in your life, by the systems around us 100%. Mm -hmm. But I think the urge there is to like, take what you can control. And our emotions are something that we can do something with and like use it, use it to learn about ourselves, use it to learn about what we truly want, use it to as energy to move forward, like anger is really good about that. Um, and I, that is one of the things I will say that I hate the most about humans <laughs> is their chronic problem with being like, all these emotions, they're your fault. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, your jealousy is your fault. Like you can ask me to fulfill a need, but your jealousy or your anger or whatever, like a lot of times humans just do that. They just like take, like moving to Arizona. The people in my life who I thought were friends who took their anger about me moving out of a state, I'm fucking 40, and put it on me like it was what? my problem. Oh. It was like, oh, oh, that's who you are. Like, that's the shit where it's like, <laughs> no, you can be angry. And that's a sign that you care and you're grieving. And that's awesome. What can I do to help you? But me just being at fault and needing to be the victim in the punching bag you need right now, it's like, fuck you. No way. And I, I feel like that is my number one problem with humans is that they do that. Um, and I'm not saying it's like, I have plenty of people in my life who have been like, I feel insane when I'm around you. So I need distance. Like that's fair mm -hmm. um, to like, get, get what you need to get a handle on it. But that stuff, like <laughs> hearing you say that Meredith is like such a relief to me because I will, I'll be like, humans are the worst thing about this place. 
And that's what I'm talking about when I that's say that. That's South Node Aquarius territory. I <laughs> we love humanity, but not always people. Um, yeah. And and yeah, it, it's it's tough stuff. It's tough stuff to move through. But everyone, you just have to remember, everyone in your life and everyone on the planet is doing the best that they can at their level of consciousness. Um, that's a quote that helped me a lot. Like everyone is not on the same spiritual path as you. Not everyone has the same consciousness level. I'm sure you've talked to people about past lives or astrology and they literally can't hear you. It's like the eyes glaze over and it's just like not in their realm of understanding. And that's not to judge them and, or vice versa. It's just like, everyone's doing the best they can. And that's what Aquarius is about. you be weird. you be quirky. You do your Aquarian thing. Uh, it's not keeping up with the Joneses. It's not the white picket fence. It's just like whatever feels authentic to you. That is a key word for Aquarius is authenticity. And that is a theme that has been coming up in my practice more and more and more, especially the Libras out there, the people pleasers out there, like they Mm -hmm. don't even know what's authentic. I'm sure Ashley, you get a ton of these clients. Like what Mm -hmm. is authentic to me? I don't even know. I've been empathing what everybody else wants of me. I've been following the rules and the program. And I'm so programmed that I have to unlearn everything that I've been taught. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know who the fuck I am. And that's, what's coming up. I think around the world, more healers are coming into practice and more people leaving the corporate world. Cause they realize it's not authentic. It's just the program. And I was programmed like that. Go to college, get a 401k, have babies, get married. Mm-hmm. That was my program. And I did, I rebelled against it eventually well, the whole time. <laughs> I'm definitely seeing that <laughs> with clients. And I think too, what people are realizing is what part of the system is broken in order to actually fix it. And what, and what's so cool about Aquarius is that Aquarius will solve the problem 100% and it will do it in a completely out of the box way. At a different level of consciousness. Like Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the same level of consciousness that it was started Ah. with. I love that Einstein said that. So sorry. Really? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. Did. That's so cool. I, I, somebody fact check that, but he's like, yes, yeah, you I cannot think you're right, solve a problem with the same level of consciousness that started the problem. The growing pains, I think that we're going through as a society, as a country, I mean, and then obviously the shift of Pluto is going to make a big shift for us all as well. But this, again, this idea of like things need to break for us to fix them. And I think we're doing that on a personal level and we're doing that all, you know, across the world. And so Aquarius being able to think outside of the box and to shift our consciousness, you know, and to be open enough to doing that. I mean, it's going to be amazing. Think about even like you said, pre-internet, what was our life like? What think about 200 years ago, what was life like and compared to what it is now, I can't even fathom what's going to happen. It's going to be amazing. And I will say with the breakdown of like physical structures with an age of Aquarius awakening can feel like a breakdown of your mental health, almost like psychosis. I've had a few clients that actually did have those mental breakdowns when they realize they've been running on a program and like nothing in their life feels real. So no, go into this work at your own pace because I have felt so schizophrenic at times or like I was losing my marbles. Like that is sometimes part of the journey where you skirt this line of like, oh my God, am I deep into mental illness? Am I losing it? Or am I grounded here? So know that if you're feeling like you're losing your mind, you're not alone because we are unlearning so much that we have gobbled up, especially in our generation, the the boomer generation before us, it was just like this straight program. So kind of losing your breaking down (laughs) can be waking up, but it's uncomfortable. Um, and I putting together these like symptoms or what I'm calling the age of Aquarius initiation phase. And one of them is feeling alone 
in the universe. Like you can't connect to many people and wanting more alone time. So realizing you're like, oh my God, I was out and about my whole life, but it was actually draining me. So if you're feeling like you're going through a hibernation phase or you're in a cocoon, you're not alone on that either. So more time alone, um, feeling alone, um, that will pass. And also like apathy, like the things that used to fire you up or you used to like to do mm, don't yes. have that passion. Like oh my God. Gone. Yes. And I've experienced that a lot. I'm like, wow, <laughs> I, yeah. my interests have changed. My passions have changed like a complete course correction with some of this stuff. So like Gina, yeah. you said, and maybe Ashley, you've talked about too, like, I have so much trouble connecting to my old versions of myself. Cause I feel yeah. like I'm evolving so rapidly. Um, yeah, like, it's wild. Like the yesterday Meredith is going to be so different than the tomorrow Meredith. Um, and evolution revolution. These are keywords for Aquarius energy too. What do you guys yeah, very think? Validating. Thank you. you. I feel all of that. What do you guys think about future generations? Like what can we do right now in helping shift this and helping bring in the age of Aquarius with, with support? Like, I do you guys have any perspective on this? Well, I think the kids being born today are more in tune to Aquarius energy. I mean, one of the favorite things I get in my practice is when like the engineering or science parent comes in freaking out. Like my three-year-old is talking about, uh, I was their brother and they remember mom, you were my brother and, and we drowned in a river. And I was oh like, God. Oh my God. Okay. Just sit down calm. Like, you know, all the kids being coming in are just a little bit different, a little bit more rebellious. They don't want to sit at a desk. And unfortunately some of them getting pumped full of drugs and all that kind of stuff. But the kids I think are going to help us. Um, yeah. maybe just as much as we can help them. But I mean, get to know your children, I guess, Ashley, if this is where you're going with this question, mm -hmm. instead of telling them who they are mm. or telling them oh. how they should be. This is what I got in the eighties. This is the box you belong in. You were born into yep. this family and this is what we do. And I was so allergic to that. I got like physically ill all through my childhood because I just couldn't stand it. Um, so I don't know, like teach your kids how to be authentic, get to know them, establish a friendship with them. Aquarius is like tribal friendship vibes. So I get, you have to be a parent, but a lot of your kids, people listening used to be your parent. Um, if you're right. into reincarnation, re I think you've got one of those, Ashley. What do you oh got? yeah. My Aquarius. Yeah. My yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, and their little DNA or their soul signature remembers, um, faintly that they used to be the parent. So establishing a really good friendship as mm -hmm. early as you can, as you feel comfortable with your children, I think will help bring in the new age. Um, and I'll add on top of that is to whoever you want your kids to be, be that. You want your yes. kids to be compassionate, yes. be compassionate. Mm -hmm. You want your kids to know how to do friendship, do friendship, do friendship in front of them. If you want, you know, like they are watching. Um, I was raised by a bunch of do as I say, not as I do people. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think that's a big one too. And to just like that curiosity of like, who is this soul? Um, and like, how can we support them? But we can't do that if we're triggered, you know? And I think our, right. our, uh, generation line is like really cramped. Like a lot of us are trying to undo or stop that generational trauma and learn a whole new way of doing life. That's a tough squeeze for any parent. And so being knowing like, and I'm probably doing this wrong and I'd love to talk about it in the future. <laughs> and so I think it's really just like us being okay with 
the shadows or the fractured parts of us and like Mm -hmm. leading by example. I love that question though. I'm going to be thinking about it. There it is. That is our episode for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, take anything that makes your load lighter and just leave the rest.